Today I'm wrapping up the series, Blessed, and I want to talk to you about believing is receiving. Believing is receiving. If you're new with us today, this is a miracle Sunday, and at the end of this experience, towards the end, we're going to give an opportunity uh, for you to be prayed for and to receive a miracle from the Lord, so it's a little different service than normal. I want to begin reading in John chapter 20 and verse number 29. Jesus said these words. Then Jesus told him, the hymn is Thomas. Some call him Doubting Thomas. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Now what has transpired here is Jesus has already died on the cross and he has rose again on the third day. And now he is he has not ascended to heaven yet and he has revealed himself to his disciples. Matter of fact, he walked in a room with all of his disciples, but Thomas was not present. So so all the other disciples saw that, that Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And they tell Thomas this, Thomas, listen, Jesus is alive. And Thomas Thomas says, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. He says, I will not believe that Jesus is alive unless I see it with my own two eyes, unless I can touch the nail scars in his hands, unless I can touch his side and see where his side was pierced. I will not believe it. Thomas said, I will not believe it unless I see it. And then Jesus says something very interesting. He goes on to say in verse 29, blessed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus said, if you want to live a blessed life, you have to believe before you see. And this can be tough to do because we live in a world where people want to see it before they believe it. I think all of us in this place watching online, we can all struggle with this thing that we want to believe it before we, or we want to see it before we actually believe it. Like an example is, I have to see the Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants today to really believe it, because I just don't believe it. So when I see it today at 3.30, I'll believe it. And there are a lot of people who would say that in life, people have let them down. And, you know, you, you've heard people say things. How many of you heard people say things like this to you? Well, I'll be there for you. I'll, I, you can depend on me. You can count on me. I'll always be there for you. And yet, in life, we find out that people can disappoint us and people can let us down and people are not always there for us like we thought they would be. And you know what we start to say when people say that kind of stuff to us? Sometimes we can start getting real cynical. You know, people say, you know, I'll be there for you. You can count on me. In our minds, we start thinking, I'll believe it when I see it. Because <laughs> I've been disappointed. I've been let down. People have let me down. And, and I, I don't really believe it unless I'll see it. And, and, and you know what happens? We begin to get skeptical. And we start going through life with this kind of attitude, with this kind of mentality that says, I'll only believe it if I see it. And it's really dangerous as a Christ follower to go through life with the premise of, I will believe it when I see See it because, listen, if you go through life with that premise, you will hinder God's blessings in your life. You will hinder yourself from living the blessed life because Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. 
And can I tell you, that's what the life of faith is all about. As a Christ follower, the life of faith is all about that we believe without seeing. That's the life of faith. Matter of fact, the very definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Check that out. We're certain of what we do not see. The world says seeing is believing, but faith says believing is seeing. Just believing it is is seeing. You see, faith is being certain of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. If you're sick in your body today, you're certain that God's going to heal your body. Maybe a child is wayward and not serving the Lord, and you're certain that's what faith is all about. You don't see it, but you believe it, and you're certain that God's going to save your child. Maybe it's in the arena of your marriage, and your marriage is falling apart, but you're here today in faith, and you're certain that God's going to restore your marriage. Maybe you find finances are upside down and you find yourself financially in trouble and you're certain that God's going to show up in the arena of your finances and bring a breakthrough. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction in your life and you're certain today that God's going to show up and set you free. You see, faith is being certain of what you do not see. That's faith. And friends, we receive God's blessings by believing before receiving. I'm going to say that again. We receive God's blessings, his, his provisions, his, his miracle working power by believing before receiving. It's a very important principle in God's word that you understand this. We have to believe before we receive. The Bible says it like this in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Jesus says this, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever, everybody shout whatever. This is Miracle Sunday. You fill in the blank. Whatever. I don't know what your whatever is. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus said believing comes before receiving. That's what faith is all about. Believing before receiving. Jesus said in Matthew 21 and verse 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus says believing comes before receiving. Faith is critical in the life of the believer. Matter of fact, the Bible says we cannot please the Lord unless we have faith. Believing comes before receiving. And today I want to share with you three principles, three principles out of the life of Abraham about believing before receiving. The first principle is this, you have to believe when it's tough. You have to believe when it's tough. I'm going to be talking to you today out of Romans chapter 4, out of the life of Abraham and also in Genesis, the book of Genesis. I'm going to be teaching out of those two areas of the Bible as we examine Abraham and this principle of believing and receiving out of his life, believing when it's tough. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse number 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed. Now, let me tell you what's going on here. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. They were without child, and not only did he promise them a child, but God says that all nations on earth will be blessed through this child. And, and Abraham and Sarah, they're old. Their bodies aren't functioning properly. 
And the Bible says that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. He believed, even though he's old and, and there's no baby and, and his body's not functioning properly, he believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Come on, everybody shout dead. Wanted to sink in his body, was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Everybody shout dead. I want you to catch that. Now, how many of you know that Abraham's body being dead already made it challenging enough to have a baby? <laughs> but the Bible doesn't leave us there. The Bible says that Sarah's womb was also dead. Now, how many know that this is not a very good equation for having a baby? Abraham's body is as good as dead. Sarah's womb is dead. I mean, the chances of having a baby are slim to none. But the Bible says this, that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed my body's dead, I'm old, my wife's womb is dead, but I believe that God is able. Abraham believed in spite of what he saw. And friends, can I tell you, it was tough for Abraham, just like it may be tough on you. And anybody can believe when everything's going good. Anybody can have big faith when their life is great. Anybody can have great faith when their marriage is good. And anybody can believe God for big things when their body is healthy and their marriage is strong and their kids are doing well and the bills are paid and everything's great on the job. Anybody can have faith in that situation. But friends, the challenge is to have faith when your body is as good as dead like Abraham, and to still say, I believe that God is able in spite of what I see. And Abraham believed God in a tough situation. And I'm here to talk to somebody today, somebody who's viewing us online around the world. And you know what? You're like Abraham. Your body is as good as dead. The doctor's giving you a bad report, and I'm telling you, would you stand in faith and believe against hope, believe in hope, God's able to touch your body today. I think about my, my body. I've been dealing with neck issues for years from a college football injury and believe in the Lord to touch my body, to bring healing. And you know, last week we were promoting Miracle Sunday and telling you we're going to be praying and fasting this week, believing for miracles and ask you to join us with prayer and fasting this week. And I woke up Monday. It was literally one of the just one of the worst days I've had in, in years. Just like, just an attack. My, my body, my, my neck, my emotions, mentally. Just here we are, we're believing God and miracles and praying and fasting. And I'm like, I feel horrible. And, and Tuesday just wasn't much better. And can I tell you, though, I deal with neck issues, can I tell you, I still believe against hope. I believe in hope that God is able, that God will heal, that God will touch my body. I stand in faith. And, and maybe for you, it's not your body. Your body is not dead, but your marriage is dead. 
and it doesn't look good, but I'm telling you, in the middle of a dead marriage, can you believe that God is able to step in the middle of your situation? Anybody can believe God when they're on the mountaintop, but the question is, can you believe God when you're in the valley? Come on, maybe your kids are dead, and they're wayward, and they're living like the devil, and you're thinking, I don't have any hope for my kids. No, 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 no. Would you have faith today that it looks dead? It's a tough situation, but I believe against hope. I believe in hope that God is able. Maybe it's in the financial arena, and your finances are in disarray, and you're thinking, how can I ever pay the bills? How can I ever get myself out this mess? I might as well give up on life. Would you believe in faith today? God is able against all hope. Believe in hope. That's what faith is all about. It's believing in tough times. And Abraham, old, body not functioning right. His, his Sarah's womb is dead. His body is as good as dead against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. There's a second thing I want you to see. And that is this. Believe when you've made mistakes. Believe when you've made mistakes. You see, there are so many people who disqualify themselves from receiving a miracle from God because they've made mistakes. You know what people believe? People have a tendency to believe that because they've made mistakes, those mistakes will stop God from doing good things in their life. But can I tell you that Abraham, when you look at his life, Abraham made some huge mistakes. I'm talking about big mistakes. And yet he believed God was able to still work powerfully in his life. I'm not going to take time to show you all of his mistakes, but I do want you to know it was more than one mistake. But I'm going to zoom in on one of his mistakes. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 16 and verse number 1, now Sarai, this is before her name was changed to Sarah, Abram's wife, before his name was changed to Abraham, had borne him no children. And God had promised them a child back in Genesis chapter 12. She had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So they have no baby yet. And so Sarah looks at Abraham and says, Abraham, go sleep with one of the house women that works in the house so we can have a baby. And all the married men in the house, what should your answer be? No. Come on, brother. Say it with me now. No. Now, this seems obvious to me as I was reading this week. It's clear to me the answer. Abraham should have responded clearly. No, but the, the scripture says this, Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Hagar was now upset with Sarai, she's upset with Sarah because Sarah made Abram and her connect and have this. Now she's pregnant with her husband's child and she's mad. How many know this is what you call drama? Huh? See, you think drama only happens in, in the 21st century. You think drama only happens in 2000. This is drama. There was just no television cameras to capture it. There was nobody to tweet about it. Hashtag drama. There, there, there was nobody... But there was drama happening 
here. I mean, this stuff could have been on Jerry Springer. I mean, look, listen, 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 listen to how it unfolds. He slept with Hagar. She conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she despised her mistress. Mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. Can't you see this on Jerry Springer? You got her pregnant, and it's your fault. And you know, Abram would say, what? I'm responsible. I just did what you told me to do. Honey, I love you. Uh-uh. You know that's not what I wanted, but that's what you said. But you know that's not what I believe. I didn't mean that when I said it. You should know what I mean if you love me. I'm confused. I'm just wanting to show you drama. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. He's a wise man. He said, just do whatever you want with her. Just get Jerry Springer out of my house. <laughs> just do whatever. He said, do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai, notice this, then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. And now we have Abram's wife, Sarah. She's mistreating her. She's abusing her. It's not the young lady's fault. She told her husband to do it, and now she's abusing her. What I want you to see is this is a huge mess. It's a huge mistake. Huge ramifications happening because of their sin and their choices. This is huge. Some of you think you got trouble. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Now, now the context here is Abraham was around 100 years old at the time, and he's, the, the writer is referring to this, and he did not waver because of his age. But you have to understand the context is not, not only his age, but Abraham and Sarah had made a huge mistake years before this, this scripture was written. They had made a mistake, and, and they, he slept with this lady. They had a baby. They mistreated her. Can I tell you, and the Bible says, yet he did not waver, not only because of his age, but his huge mistakes. The Bible says he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God and can I tell you today some of you are wavering in unbelief you think that God won't work in your life God won't work in your situation because you've made huge mistakes you know what there's no worse feeling there's no worse feeling than realizing that you created the mess that you're in you've been there before when you look at your finances and you go I'm in this mess because of the choices that I made. When you look at your kids and maybe your kids and you look at them and, and where they are in life and you think, well, I, my kids are where they are because I made some bad mistakes. I didn't parent. I wasn't there. How I lived. I, and you look and you look at the consequences and you say, I made this mistake. When you look at your marriage and your marriage is falling apart and you know that you caused the drama and the pain, you made the mistake and you're looking, I caused this mess. When you're looking at a friendship and your friendship is going sour and you realize that it was your own choices that's causing the relationship to be severed. There's no worse feeling than to look at a situation and realize, I slept with Hagar. We got a baby. Sarah's upset. Hagar's upset. And I created my own mess. 
There's no worse feeling. But I want you to know today, just because you created your own trouble doesn't mean that God won't help you. It doesn't mean that God won't intervene. I'm here to tell you that God loves you so much. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about every facet and every detail of your life. And God, you just ask Abraham, God is still able to intervene even in the middle of a messy situation. And I'm here to cause faith to arise in a living God who's full of grace and full of mercy. And he will help you in the middle of your situation. And you might have created your own mess. But God is able to help you in the middle of your trial. And the Bible says that Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Listen, you have to believe even when you made mistakes. There's a third thing I want you to see, a third thing, a third thing. We're talking about believing before receiving. Number three is believe when it's been a long time. You got to believe even when it's been a long time. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 4, so Abram left as the Lord had told him. Now what God had told him, I encourage you, you can go back and read this in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 through 3. Leave your country, leave your people. God says, I'm going to bless you. Your descendants will be as numerous as the, as, as the sand on the earth, as the stars in the sky. God says, listen, I'm going to give you a child. And the whole world is going to be blessed through this, through this child. And, and, and so Abram left as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Notice this, Abram, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Let's go five chapters later, Genesis 17, verse 1 through 3. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Here God is talking about increasing his numbers. Are you going to still have a baby? I know I spoke to you at 75. It's 24 years later. Now you're 99. But listen, that child is coming. And verse 3 says this, Abram fell face down. He began to worship. A lot of us would have said, it's about time you showed up. Where you been? Abram fell face down. Let me take you back to Romans chapter 4, verse 21. The Bible says this. Abram, he being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Now, I want you to notice three key words. God had power. God had the power to do what he promised, even though it had been a long time. Three lessons. You're a note taker in the house. You're a note taker watching online. Write these three things down. Three lessons. Three lessons. We've got to learn from these scriptures I just read to you. The first lesson is this. God doesn't always perform a miracle quickly. God doesn't always perform a miracle quickly. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years. And it's easy for you to hear me read Genesis chapter 12 and then go to Genesis chapter 17. We did it in less than a minute. But come on. 25 years don't, doesn't go like a minute. God promised you at 75, you're going to have a baby. He's going to bless you. And you leave your people. You leave your country. You leave your house. You leave your comfortable surroundings. You leave what you're used to. Day one happens. You're moving and going with Lot. And you and Lot get in an argument. And you split. And here's year two. And you get up on Monday and you milk the cows and feed the sheep. Go home and eat some dinner and 
wake up on Tuesday and you and Sarah run to the flea market to buy some new sandals and come home and grab some dinner and it's a Wednesday in the month of February and God spoke to us last year and get up and go to work and come home and, and eat and it's now March and you've been invited to a party because you found out that your neighbor's wife is pregnant. Whoopee, we don't have no baby yet. Nine months later, the baby's born and they invite you to the new baby party and you go and to your five. I'm 80. God spoke to me five years ago. Where is the answer? Where's the breakthrough? Where's the year 10? I mean, a decade and there's no sign of a baby. Sarah's sleeping in another room. I don't even know how we're gonna have a baby. You're 15, you get up on Monday, milk the cows. All I'm saying is God doesn't always perform a miracle as quickly as you think he should. 25 long years. But God showed up. There's, there's a second thing. There's a second lesson we have to learn from this. The second lesson, and that is this. We should keep believing God no matter how long we've been waiting. We should keep believing God no matter how long we've been waiting. And against all hope, Abraham believed in hope. You have to still believe even though God is taking a long time and you haven't seen the answer, you haven't seen the miracle, you and I should still believe God even though it's been a long time. We learned this lesson for Abraham. Believe God even though it's been a long time. There's a third thing I want you to see, a third thing, and that is this. God has the power to perform a miracle and we don't. Now, you got to learn this. God has the power to perform a miracle, and we don't. And when you think you have the power to perform a miracle, you get yourself in a mess because you start trying to start make stuff happen because you believe it's the Lord. And so you end up with Hagar sleeping with her, got a baby, and got tension in the house because you try to take matters in your own hand. But you don't have the power to perform a miracle. You can't make it happen. Only God can make it happen. And people's church, don't get your job confused with God's job. Your job is to believe God. Your job is to trust God. Your job is to have faith that God is able. God's job is to perform the miracle. We have to leave the, leave the results to God. And people get disillusioned in their faith when they put the results in their court. I've seen it happen. Well, God didn't do it. The baby didn't live. The situation didn't happen like I, and because we think somehow the results lie with us. The results don't lie with us. We don't have the power to heal, to give a breakthrough, to do the supernatural. Only God has that power. Don't get your job and God's job confused. Your job is to believe. Your job is to have faith. Your job is to trust God. God's job is to perform the miracle. We don't perform miracles. Matter of fact, James says it clearly to us in James chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 14 and 15. Is any of you sick? He said, call the elders of the church to pray over him. Let me just say this. Let me just summarize it in one word. Believe. If you're sick, believe that God can heal you. 
He says, if anyone's sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray. In other words, you don't go, well, you know what? I tried that last year. No, you still believe. Well, I believed two months ago. I'm just, no, no, no. If you're sick, you should call the elders of the church to pray. You should pray. You should believe. You should believe. Our job is to believe. Don't get your job and God's job confused. Your job is not to heal. Your job is not to put God on a timeline. Your job is not to try to figure out God. Your job is to believe. That's all. That's your only job. It's to believe God. Have faith in God. To pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith. Now, the leader's job, the person praying for you's job, their job is to pray the prayer of faith. And so I ask our leaders that are praying for people today for miracles at both campuses, I've asked, pray the prayer of faith. When I pray for you, I pray the prayer of faith. I don't heal. My job is to just believe God, to pray in faith. So if you need a healing, I just pray the prayer of faith. God, just believe in Jesus' name. You're healed by the power of Jesus Christ. You need a breakthrough in your finances. I just believe the Lord is providing for you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to pray if it be the Lord's will. No, I'm going to pray in faith. And my job is not to heal. My job, I don't give miracles. My job is to believe God. And so the scripture says this, you just believe God. Yes, we're people of faith. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Now, now, now James makes a clear distinction. He says, the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Didn't say Pastor Herbert. Didn't say the deacon. Didn't say the elder. Didn't say the prayer warrior. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Your job is just to believe. Trust God. God's job is to heal. Our job is just to pray the prayer of faith. It's the Lord who raises you up. You say, well, pastors, everybody healed? Does everybody receive a miracle? No. No. Pastor, can you explain it all to us? I don't have time. <laughs> and nor am I the Lord. No, he's all of his ways. Nor do I understand everything about God. But I do know this. My neck's not healed. But I still believe God. My job is not to heal. My job is to believe God. I know that he's able. I'm standing on his word. The results are left in his hands. But I believe God. I believe miracles are going to happen today. I don't perform. I just believe God. I know that he's able. I know that he does. I know I'm standing in faith. Because my, my job is not to produce the results. My job is to believe God. And against all hope, I can't make it happen. Believe in hope just like Abraham 